Greetings and welcome to another episode of the National Museum of the Surface Navy's Scuttlebutt podcast. This is Marianne Fangler and I am doing an intro by myself here in the uh, Associated Foundations Training Center because we're doing something a little bit different with this one. We recently celebrated the 10-year anniversary of opening Battleship Iowa to the public and uh, we had a bit of a party to celebrate and on that night we got Jonathan Williams Mike Getcher, David Canfield, and Sue Schmidt together to share some stories from back in the day, from getting the ship out of mothballs to uh, the time in Richmond, and they shared some things with us that probably have never been shared publicly before, and so we thought we would put them on the podcast and let you check them out. A little bit of a disclaimer, we had some trouble with the microphones. We were recording outdoors, so the sound quality is not quite where it usually is for this podcast, so forgive us, but... uh, the stories are worth it. Enjoy. It's okay. Um, all right, we'll start left to right to the uh, to the to the new guy. I almost said something wrong. I'm here to join in. I want to know how you guys got a battleship. I, shouldn't we say who we are first? Oh, I thought you just did that for us. Well, I, don't need to introduce I guess my day to day. I'll start here. I'm Kyle Abbey. You've all received a bunch of emails from me in the past couple of weeks, coming to have some barbecue with us. I'm in charge of the. Um, I'm development manager. I'm not just in charge. I, I work with a full team here to help fundraise and do everything that we want to do towards the National Museum side of things um, and the day-to-day because we have, I don't know, so many other things that we do beyond just the museum and the core pillars. We're truly a dynamic uh, community platform and everything. So um, all those things cost money, and so we've got to have somebody in charge of helping raise that money. So that's what I do. Hi, my name is David Camfield. I am the Vice President and Chief Information Officer, Chief Technical Officer for the organization. Uh, wanting to be very much like Jonathan, I also abandoned my family in Northern California 10 years ago to come play on the battleship. Uh, I had other reasons in that I grew up here. In 1987, I received orders to serve on board the battleship, and I spent uh, the first two years of a 20-year Navy career serving here. Of course, I'm Jonathan Williams. I started my journey 20 years ago. To, to work on the ship um, in my mid-20s. I know I, I, I actually looked like I got in my upper 40s when I gained more weights, and then I now look at my mid-30s, so I'm trying to find the reverse course here. Um, but my first seven years involved in this ship were um, working to get this ship in a city that that man over there, Lewis, who runs San Francisco Fleet Week and reinvented it starting in 2011. So if you see the success of San Francisco Fleet Week, give that man a round of applause for his yeah. efforts to do so. Uh, I worked for the first seven years, 2000 to 2007, to place this ship in your city, and boy, I, you know, you see what they're missing now? It would have been, it would have been a great asset. Well, you know, if the port doesn't want it anymore any of these days, we'll talk again and figure out how to get it up there. Would have been a sh- <laughs> Great. Would have been a shorter commute. Yeah, it would have been a shorter commute for us. I mean, that may be a little selfish thing, but um, I helped with the Stockton group, the Mare Island group, and then in uh, December 2008, co-founded this organization to uh, save this ship, and somehow I have been blessed to have a board of directors that keeps me around and a, a crew that continues to uh, let me stay around um, and transition through all the years that we've had. Uh, Mike? I think we all have abandonment issues. I too left my family for a big gray girl. 
Uh, I first heard about the ship back in, it would have been Memorial Day weekend of 2011 from a friend of mine. He said, hey, the I was going to come to LA. And I said, that's really a stupid idea. <laughs> and here I am. I think I was the second person to be called by Jonathan the day that the Secretary of the Navy donated the ship to us. And uh, he and I were up on the ship literally that following week. I kissed my family goodbye. We drove 400 miles north and off we went and none of us were paid for many months. But this is a huge passion job for, for me. I'm now my 24th year of nonprofit work and I absolutely love it and I would never ever consider giving it up. Yeah. And now for Sue, who was, came to us that first week after the tour. Uh, apparently, Jonathan finally convinced me that I was actually the first, first person hired by the Pacific Battleship Center. Um, before I go any further, though, I just want to say thank you all so much. I see so many volunteers and friends out in the audience, and it's really nice. So thank you for coming tonight. Um, yeah. And that's what keeps me coming back to is such a wonderful group of people. It really is. I'm the resident peace and love hippie chick on board, and they all know it. And uh, what keeps somebody like me coming to a battleship is an extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary group of people. And I, I say that from the bottom of my heart. So when I found out that the ship was coming to San Pedro. It was on the front page of the Daily Breeze. And I thought, damn, 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 I waited too long. I waited too long. So that day, I uh, sent my um, resume and a cover letter into uh, Pacific Battleship Center. And I got called back very quickly. And <laughs> I, I I wasn't hired right away. They still had to move the ship out of uh, mothballs. But I stayed in touch and uh, ended up going up north and staying for 10 days when I first started. And I showed up with my, my coveralls and my chop saw. And uh, <laughs> I heard that they were going to be doing a bunch of deck work and just jumped right in. But I used to run the volunteer program up at San Francisco Maritime. So I had friends up there. And I started calling all my buddies and my buddies started coming down so it was it was pretty pretty neat um, that we needed you know to get that little kickstart from from folks that I knew up up north and I would add that within about two months we were feeding a hundred volunteers a day on Saturdays and Sundays because of what Sue did <laughs> she used to do this thing on uh, on Saturday morning where there were like a billion volunteers and those of you that have worked with me know that i rarely remember my own name and potentially not my children's names and she would have this room the wardroom packed with people uh, and she would go through and and she'd just be like hey david glad you're here hey sam good to see you john and i, I used to just scratch my head and like, i'd go through every person yeah everybody in the room and never miss anybody it's a it's magic so, so let me ask a real question there she was feeding you then, but the first time I met you, you didn't know that you had to feed yourself in the middle of the mothball fleet. Hey, hey, okay, so, so there's a, there, obviously a story there. Um, so I had been stationed at Mare Island uh, Special Boat Unit 11, and we used to go out and train on the mothball fleet, and at lunch, we would drive our little green boats back to the shore and go up to, to Jack in the Box and have lunch. 
And so uh, I'm out there the first day. In fact, you know, Mike and I met on one of these trips. And, uh, and so we're out there sitting, my first trip to the battleship. And it's kind of a long story on how it got there. But I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to go do this. I'd been working in Silicon Valley, taking the train over the top of the ship, looking at the ship going, I'm never going to set foot on her again. And I get a phone call that says, hey, you want to help put your ship back together? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so we go out there that day. And lunchtime rolls around, and there's no boat. And we are out in the mothball fleet, and this guy looks at me, and he's like, are you serious? You didn't bring anything to eat? I'm like, um, no. So he gave me an uncrustable grape peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I remember looking at him and saying, saying, you know, uh, 15, 18 years ago when I was stationed on here as an E2, uh, if you'd have told me I'd been sitting in the officer's wardroom eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'd have told you were smoking crack. Well... And back in those days, I was not who I am today. Let's be clear. You wouldn't eat peanut butter and jelly today. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I probably showed up with about seven Incrustables or a box of Incrustables box. for that day because you, you show up at the mothball fleet and there's two doors in, one door out, one door in and one door out, basically to get inside the ship. That's all that existed, and it smelled to high hell. Hey, hey, hey. overwhelming. It smelled like battleship. I mean, like enclosed battleship for a lot of years in in like twenty something year old sailor sweat. Mixed with fuel and oil and everything else, and but cigarettes, and cigarettes and whatever else. So, anyways, you know, I, I brought Incrustables, and I'll tell you that five-hour window was perfect because I defrosted into the perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich at that point. Um, it was the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich I've ever had. I think I ate a bag of Doritos with that too at that time. So, um, so how do we get a battleship? I, I guess that's kind of my probably mine to take on more than anything. Um, the first seven years of getting a battleship is, is really learning uh, the bureaucracy of um, all of those involved, which really is a, um, a snapshot on how the world really turns, which I never realized how the world really turned. And that took about seven years for me to learn that piece of things. And, uh, and what happens is you, you do inspections, lots of inspections. It started in 2004 doing inspections. You try to learn about pieces of the ship cathodic protection, how do toilets flush, how do doors, you know, how do doors work, how to, how's everything work on board. And as you venture down that road, you try to find resources because obviously there's no place to find a battleship um, handbook. Um, and you reach out to whoever you could find. You search online and you find anybody that posts on forums that may have battleship experience. I look around and I see some battleship sailors in here. Would have been nice to know you at the time, but... Um, <laughs> You know, ran, ran into Battleship and ran into a guy, Dick Landgraf and Lee Upshaw, or William Upshaw today, I guess his name is, um, and, and uh, reached out to them and they were able to answer some questions and we got some other people involved and went from there. Wrote an application to save the ship, um, realized real quick San Francisco wasn't going to happen. Where's my San Francisco guy? He left again. Lewis left. I can't tease him anymore. He can. He just can't defend himself. Yeah, he can't defend That's himself. Okay. That's not fair. I can't, I can't tease him if he can't defend himself. Um, and then we looked at Mare Island, which was never going to happen. Um, ironically, I was, uh, I was told uh, in the back channels that there was a really good chance, actually a 100% chance, that the Navy was never going to dredge the channel at the Mare Island Straits to be able to accommodate this ship. Um, because the prior time they've done that, it was really uh, not the best scene. I think David actually watched that scene unfold. Um, and, and uh, so I backed out of the Mare Island group and took about two years off and cried like a little baby. My wife can probably confirm that. Um, my wife's been, we've been together since what, late 2003, I think. So 
This ship's been there. Well, I won't say it. This ship's been here a long time. I think the only thing in my life that's been stable other than my wife and my kids that's been there that long, frankly, I, we usually move every five years. Um, so I took a couple years off and then got a call and said, do you think we can go after the Iowa? And by that point, had enough knowledge and enough experience to figure out how to put, a, to put together an application and got really creative. Now, here's the puzzle. Who wants to go after a historic ship? Anybody here want to go after a historic ship? Don't do it. You're crazy if you do. I would recommend treatment. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's so many other things that, that can help you out with that problem. Um, there's a puzzle. The puzzle is you're not going to get a pier or the ship without money. You're not going to get a money. You're not going to get the money without the pier or the ship, and you're not going to get the ship without the money and the pier. Not solve even a PB&J. You're going to bring your own. That's right. Well, if you have a lot of money, you could solve that problem real quick, but we're just a bunch of knuckleheads. We all know that. Um, and so, so we really uh, focused on... Uh, how to solve that puzzle, and I definitely will not be going into that tonight. <laughs> I think we need to hit the 25-year re reunion before I start talking about all of that. It's a statute of limitations, yeah. I think. I was pretty sure some people need to retire anyway. <laughs> yeah, some people need to retire and move on before I get too far into those details. Um, but we started resolving those issues and working through those issues and working together as a team and moving quick. Biggest one was dredging. Uh, so the dredging uh, here where we're sitting, it didn't need dredging and there was a pier ready for it. So those were the two of the biggest issues to overcome because if you don't have those, you're not going to be able to do it with very easily without a massive permitting process. Um, and so dredging actually ended up being kind of the key to turn the, turn the whole lock at the end of the day. Um, in Sassoon Bay, for a lot of years, it was thought that she couldn't be towed out of Sassoon Bay. It was shoaled in. Um, the Sac Sacramento Rivers and San Joaquin Rivers moved together and created a sandbar right there in the middle, and we had to cross the sandbar. Well, um, and Caltrans had the bright idea to build a bridge and put a post right there in the channel, too. Exactly. And so we basically uh, took the last five grand we could dig up at the time and hired a bathymetry data company to go out and do bathymetry and realized we can get nine inches. We can get the ship out with about nine inches to a foot of water underneath the hull and submitted that to the Navy. And about two months later, um, the pilots in the, in the Bay Area said, you got to get her out by the end of October 2011, otherwise she may never move. And so um, the Navy called us um, September 6th, and we'd been fighting for years, lobbying, going to the Navy, going to the port, um, city, everybody else. And the Navy called us and said, go pick up your battleship and get it out there, get it out of there at the end of October, and let us know when you're ready to go. And that is pretty much the call you get. Um, <laughs> How many of you served in the Navy? All right. How many of you, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to put it, put that spot in there. I almost thought about it. Um, moving a ship, how many of you ever been responsible for moving a ship, a large vessel? I know, I figured, there's a few of Dick, Dick McKenna, Brian, yeah. Mike, there's a few of you back there. Yeah. Um, it, you don't do it with two guys. And, and those of you that served in the Navy, to think about the Navy calling you saying, move your ship in six weeks and call us when you're ready to go, is beyond amazement. amazement. I've come to learn that in Fleet Week, you know, that that doesn't work that way in the, the real world, but that's how it worked here. Um, and so we, I, I called Crowley and said, we got to move the ship on October, and called Mike, Mike Getcher and said, you're ready to go to Susun Bay and you're not going to get paid and you're going to pay your own way? and pay your own way in the hotel and we stayed in a real cheap hot wire room and uh great dinners they were great dinners 
Um, for those of you that need to know Straw Hat Pizza in uh, Benicia, California, Straw Hat. Anybody a Straw Hat fan? Know what it is? All right, the couple's special was 1995. <laughs> you got two salads of pizza and two drinks, and when you're paying for yourself, well, I guess we were a couple in that case. <laughs> and so that's how we survived. And, and we got it going. It was a bunch of, uh, you know, David come out on Fridays. Um, a few other people would just randomly take off days of work and just disappear from work and show up and we'd do dredging and preparing the ship and unhook it and um, off we went to Richmond and so that's kind of how that whole thing went in a very simplified version I don't did I miss anything that was really impactful do we really want to go down the B B29 story no no, no that's no. ugly that is a very <laughs> ugly story yeah. um, there were a lot of moments when it may not have happened at all yeah, there was a lot of times that it, that, that it pretty much came close to not happening. I, through all the years, it's come close to not happening. Two days before the tow, it almost didn't happen. Um, how many of you have experienced the magic of this organization, like firsthand? It's, it, it magically happens right at the right time. I don't know how to explain it. Um, there's the magic of, in the lesson that I could put, where is Bruce? Barbie, did Bruce leave? Did he take up the... There he is. Talking about the next game, you can say a little word for the fire. So, there we go. So I'm going to say this with Bruce, and I'm doing a lot of talking, I realize, but I'm going to say this with Bruce in the room. If you do good things, if you never lie, you never cheat, you never steal, and you take care of people, things happen. Absolutely. thank you for listening that is the end of part one we will be back with part two very soon <laughs> <laughs>